Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. In these winter months, consider TripInsurance.com to cover your next cruise investment. Buy direct from the leading insurers and save up to 40% or more on comparable plans from the other sites. Get a quote today and save from TripInsurance.com. Broadcasting from the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida, this is Cruise Radio. Hey, how's it going? My name is Doug Parker. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. Very happy to have you here. 12 months into the shutdown we go. How much longer will it be? Only a couple of more months if you're ever in the UK. I'm very jealous, by the way. Back in the studio this week after a 20-day road trip out west. Uh, We'll touch more on that later if you want to. If you don't, we won't. No big deal. Haley joins us today on the show to talk about, well, she actually, her and her husband are big cruise fans, and they've been doing all-inclusive resorts during the shutdown because obviously no one can cruise. So uh, we're going to kind of compare and contrast the two later on in the show. But first, Sherry Laskin is here with Cruise News. Hello, Sherry. Hi, Doug. So a couple more Royal Caribbean ships are opening up for U.S. bookings. Right. So starting July 10th, Jewel of the Seas will reposition to Cyprus for Greece and Greek Island cruises. And the bookings for that will be open on April 7th, sailing with only vaccinated crew. The cruises will be available to adult guests who are fully vaccinated against COVID-19 and those under the age of 18 must show negative test results. Also this summer, Vision of the Seas is moving to Bermuda for seven-night Bahamas cruises. The ship will spend one overnight in Bermuda, head out to sea to Coco Key, and then turn around and go back to Bermuda. Again, all crew and adults will be required to have been vaccinated. And as we've mentioned in the past, Odyssey of the Seas is heading to Haifa. Adventure of the Seas will cruise out of Nassau. And Vision of the Seas, as we mentioned, will be moving to Bermuda. So we've got a lot of Royal Caribbean ships on the move. Yep, a lot of movement. So a cruise industry trade group has started a campaign to, well, to try to get cruising restarted. That's right. So the Cruise Lines International Association, also known as CLIA, that's the trade group to which 20 plus cruise lines belong, is trying to gin up public support for its mission to get the Biden administration to allow cruising from U.S. ports to begin by July. CLIA is asking the public to call, email, or even use Twitter to contact senators and U.S. representatives. CLIA has also published a sample letter on its website that the public can personalize and send to their government officials. In it, the letter asks that cruising should be treated as equal to other sectors of travel and tourism and therefore allow cruises to resume. Also involved in this push to restart cruising as soon as possible is the American Society of Travel Agents. So, in addition to CLIA and ASTA, avid cruisers can now voice their disapproval of the CDC's no-sale order so they can take their summer vacation on a cruise this year. All right. So if you want to do that, just go to, I think it's cruising.org is CLIA's website, and it's right there on the homepage. You can actually email or write your uh, senator or, I think, state representative there. So last week, down in your neck of the woods, Sherry, Florida's governor met with cruise line executives. 
Yeah, so Governor Ron DeSantis and other cruise line execs met at Port Canaveral to brainstorm a path to get the CDC to rescind their conditional sailing order. DeSantis has threatened to sue the CDC if they do not lift the cruise ban in time to begin July cruises from U.S. home ports. He went on to say that by April 5, all Florida residents 18 years and older will be able to get the vaccine. Nothing was discussed about mandatory vaccination to cruise. And it was pointed out at the meeting that in the past eight months, 400,000 guests have cruised in Europe and Asia with only a few COVID-19 cases reported. And at that same meeting, Carnival Cruise Lines president made a pretty bold statement. Yeah, so following the CDC's commitment to stick to their November 1st cruise restart date, Christine Duffy, who, as you mentioned, is president of Carnival Cruise Lines, issued a video and written statement to travel agents. In the short video, she called Carnival America's Cruise Line and stated Carnival, unlike Royal and Celebrity, and even Crystal Cruises, has no plans at this moment to reposition their ships to foreign home ports. Duffy expressed hope that with the prospect of all Americans who want a vaccine will have access to one by the end of May, the cruise line is optimistic to see travel resume in time for summer. June sailings have not been canceled, though final payment date was pushed ahead to April 30th, and anyone who wants to cancel now can do so without penalty. All right. So if you live in the UK, I'm very jealous because you have a bunch of ships over there. And Sherry, more ships have flocked to the UK this week for a restart. They're all heading to the UK. Yeah. So in addition to Royal Caribbean positioning Anthem of the Seas to the UK for four to eight night cruises only available to UK vaccinated residents, sister company Celebrity is moving their recently refurbished Celebrity Silhouette to Southampton for the summer. So starting in July, Celebrity Silhouette will cruise six and eight night itineraries around the UK coast, and they will also follow Royal Caribbean's COVID-19 requirements for passengers and crew to have been vaccinated. MSC Cruises announced it's sending their newest ship, MSC Virtuosa, also to the UK for summer sailings. On May 20th, MSC Virtuosa will begin a series of three- and four-night cruises. And then on June 12th, the ship starts its seven-night itineraries. But with MSC, only British passengers can cruise, but it won't matter if they've had a vaccine or not. Guests will be tested before they can board. However, those who have not been vaccinated will also be required to show proof of a negative test conducted up to 72 hours before embarkation. And you know what? We were, we were doing our little count before we started recording here. We didn't mention that Disney's going to the UK as well with Disney yeah, Magic this summer. Just saw that this morning. Yeah, yeah. that's wild. But the, they are not requiring vaccinations on Disney, I guess, because of the whole the vaccine age and the, the kid thing or whatever it is. So we talked a few weeks ago, and it could sadly become a reality about the Queen Mary. Yeah, well, as we've talked about it before, we've both spent time on board Queen Mary, and we know it's, this ship is really a treasure. So like you said, this this could be a sad reality. But it's interesting to understand that while the city of Long Beach actually owns the Queen Mary, the Singapore company Eagle Hospitality holds the lease to this ship and over a dozen other hotel properties. And Eagle Hospitality is a company that filed for bankruptcy. As part of the sell-off, the lease on Queen Mary will be up for auction on May 20th. 
a subsidiary of Eagle Hospitality called Urban Commons, had plans to convert the 45 acres around where Queen Mary is docked and convert it into an entertainment complex, and it would be named Queen Mary Island. However, to do so requires working with Long Beach's strict waterfront environmental regulations. And the Long Beach Economic Development Director told the local newspaper he was confident Queen Mary would remain a city icon and that someone would pick up the lease, restore the ship, and develop the surrounding area. We are going to keep our fingers crossed for the Queen Mary because I would like to go, you know, I I guess I can see, though, like, it really has suffered because of the pandemic and no cruise ships because that was like mostly Carnival passengers pretty much filled that ship twice a week. Yeah, and I think Carnival had to contribute to the Long Beach economy, mm-hmm. which some of that was siphoned over to maintain yeah. Queen Mary. It's, yeah. just, it's just like dominoes. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. So our listener question comes from Shirley. Email your questions to Doug at cruiseradio.net. Shirley says, cynical question, but inquiring minds want to know. I'm a nurse in the Northeast and an avid cruiser. What's stopping people from saying they've had the vaccine when they really haven't? Will the cruise lines be checking this against a national database? Seems like anyone could get their hands on a vaccine card. Well, hi, Shirley. And, and Doug and I were talking about this just before we started to record. And we agree your concern is very logical. And at this time, there is no national COVID-19 vaccination database. What I was able to learn that is due to the HIPAA laws. The vaccine card only has basic information like the manufacturer's vaccine lot number and the date and place where it was administered. So yes, it kind of seems like this could be similar to a kid buying a fake ID for beer. On another note, the cruise lines might, I don't know, they could have you sign an attestation that you've had the vaccine, and if you really hadn't and then contracted COVID, would that even hold up in court? You know, I haven't seen how this proof of vaccination is being done in Europe, And we'll know more when American Queen Steamboat Company and Victory Cruise Lines require all U.S. passengers to be vaccinated. And that's going to be starting in June. So, you know, they're kind of like the the guinea pig for the U.S., I think, to see how people will prove that they've been vaccinated. Yeah, I was asking um, a nurse here in our building because uh, my studio is like on the 12th floor of kind of a hospital outpatient facility downtown Jacksonville. So there's like plenty of medical people here. So I asked the nurse and she said, as far as she knows, there's a national database that the CDC is using, but she doesn't know how public they're going to make it. Yeah, right now they can't. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, that's, you know, there is some recording somewhere, but yeah, I mean... For 300 million people, it's going to be interesting. All right. I've been talking with Sherry Laskin from CruiseMaven.com. Sherry, it is good to be back here in Jacksonville, although I'm missing the Grand Canyon. Have you been out there before? I have. I was there in January during a snowstorm oh, many, wow. many years ago. It was very scary. <laughs> Probably almost as scary as getting stuck in a blizzard in Flagstaff, Arizona, when you've never driven in the snow before. That was scary yeah. for me, which is just south of the Grand Canyon, really. Yeah, yeah. I took Amtrak there, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and coming into Flagstaff, there was eight feet of snow wow. <laughs> when I was there. But yeah, you, you're not used to driving in snow, sleet, or yeah. freezing rain. <laughs> so I would, be, I would have been mortified if I was Yeah, and pulling a 4,000-pound camper behind you, too, made it a lot of fun. Had to lock her in four-wheel drive there. It was an adventure for sure. All right, Sherry, we'll talk to you next week. Take care. Bye-bye. You're listening to Cruise Radio, the trusted voice of the cruise industry.
A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. Top industry stories from around the world and how they'll impact your next vacation every weekday morning on Cruise Radio News. So Haley and her husband have been doing a little all-inclusive action during the cruise shutdown. She joins us on the line. Hey, Haley. Hey, Doug. How's it going? So for you guys, which came first? Was it all-inclusive resorts or cruising? Yeah, it was definitely cruising. Our first cruise was on our honeymoon almost nine years ago. And we have gone on probably 13 or 14, somewhere around there, cruises since then, you know, in the past nine years and just needed to get away somewhere. So cruises being shut down, we decided to dabble with the all-inclusives. So during the shutdown, how many all-inclusives have you been to so far? We have been to two. So one in Mexico and one in Jamaica. I'm curious, how have all-inclusive resorts been handling the pandemic? I mean, one big advantage they have right now over the cruise lines is they're actually operating. True. Yeah. I will say I noticed a couple different things depending on where we are at. So just to kind of give some background, if anybody, you know, is thinking, hey, maybe, you know, while cruising is shut down, you'll give it a try. Mexico currently doesn't require you to to get a negative COVID test prior to flying in. Jamaica does, though, and they actually just tighten their rules. So I think you have to have your negative COVID test within like 72 hours. So that's one of the ways, you know, that the the whole country, I guess, you know, is really making sure that they're they're being safe. And then another thing, it's kind of a funny thing. When we did the one in Mexico, everywhere you would go to on the resort, like to get into the lobby, to get into a restaurant, there would be like this floor mat that had like sanitized stuff, like hand sanitizer, but like for your feet. Hmm. So you, you would actually like have to step on it and like wipe your feet off. I don't, I don't know, like wipe your shoes before you got in there. And then of course, like hand sanitizing, you know, you have to wear masks in public areas. When you'd go to open your room for the first time, there would literally be like a seal on it. That would be like their seal of cleanliness. We noticed that at both resorts, Mm -hmm. just to show that your room has been sanitized. At one of the resorts, we the one we went to in Jamaica, they actually would not come in your room except for just to clean it once a day. So if you needed anything from room service, we were at a secrets resort and they had what's called a secrets box. <laughs> and mm. so it was like this little box outside your door and you'd open it up and like that's where they put all of your like if you ordered room service or if you wanted more stuff for your mini bar, they would put everything in this little box and then you could open it from the other side in your room to like retrieve the items. So I thought that was kind of an interesting, you know, way to get around people coming in and out of the rooms. Yeah. And obviously we can't compare cruising to resorts right now until the cruise lines are actually operating again. But for now, we're kind of just going to compare the two and start by saying, What do cruise lines do better than the all-inclusive resorts? 
I made like a little list of some pros. My biggest thing that I think that cruises do better with is the entertainment. Like hands down, the entertainment, I mean, you can, you know, you can compare and contrast across cruise lines as well as far as entertainment goes. We cruise like half and half between Carnival and Royal. So those are the only two lines I've been on. But like, there really isn't that much entertainment. (laughs) Like, you know, there was like one night at the resort. It's like, oh, there's supposed to be a movie. We like couldn't find where that was. So definitely not, you know, comparable to like, uh, you know, carnivals, like movies under the stars. I think Princess does that too. One night at the resort, they were like, oh, there's going to be like a a fire show. And we're like, oh, that's going to be cool. Okay, let's go. And and everything is done outside. And a lot of that, you know, is normally done outside, even like pre-COVID. You know, they would just set stuff up outside and, you know, seats and everything and do it outside. They had like an outdoor stage. But like the fire show was definitely underwhelming. And you know what I mean? A lot of it was just like watching people dance. Like, okay, well, there's music and they're like, and so it's not really like entertainment, like what we're used to on the cruise lines. So I would definitely say that's like my huge thing. And I still don't think the food compares. Um, I think cruises definitely have have the food like top notch compared to the all-inclusives as well. Well, let's flip the coin here. What do all-inclusive resorts tend to do better than cruise lines? A couple of things that I really liked was that room service is completely free. I know some lines, you know, you have to pay per item. Some you have to pay like one general fee. That was something I really enjoyed is like we ordered room service multiple times through like almost every day, I think, at both resorts. We would order room service and it didn't take very long either. And what was nice too is that, especially at the one resort that had the little box, if we wanted to step out for a little while, if we were on our balcony or something, they just put it in the box. And so you didn't really have to like open the the door. And again, that might be something that, you know, is different or would be different like um, post COVID or or prior Mm -hmm. to COVID. But that was really nice that you didn't have to worry about like spending the extra money, having to like be there to open the door when somebody like delivered it, like that sort of thing. Another thing I thought that they did better is the swim up bars. I don't think I've been on a cruise ship that's had a swim up bar before. That was kind of a really fun thing in like every, you know, every area um, that we were at at both resorts had a couple of different swim up bars. And again, this could be because like the service, maybe because there were a lot fewer people, you were never looking for a waiter. Like Mm. your next drink was always just in your hand. (laughs) You know what I mean? Whereas I think sometimes on cruise lines, like you do have to kind of look for a waiter, depending on where you are, you might get better service and that sort of thing. But I do think that that part um, was definitely a lot better. Well, let me ask you as far as like, okay, so a waiter brings you a drink, say by the pool or whatever on a ship or on land on a ship, you tend to leave a gratuity or it's already included. Is everything kind of prepackaged here or is it customary to leave a couple of dollars every time someone brings you a drink at an all-inclusive? Yeah, I think at the all-inclusive, what I was noticing a lot more, and we sort of, we kind of did this too, is you would have the same waiter, you know, pretty often. So it was almost like at the end of the day, right? You would, you would tip them, but your gratuities are actually all included. So none of the bars are like, they don't expect tips. So if you are tipping, it really is because they went above and beyond. And obviously if somebody took care of me the whole day, I'm going to, you know what I mean? I'm going to throw them a tip because that's just how I am. But I think like, yeah, whereas, you know, with um, other cruise lines, you know, if you don't have the drink package, 
you're given that receipt. I know, I think Carnival still does that where you're given the receipt and you can kind of write an additional tip on there or get, like you said, give them a couple dollars per drink. And this really wasn't like that. So that was nice too, because, you know, if you're in the pool and stuff, you know, you're not necessarily going to like have money right there to, to mm-hmm. tip them. So it was kind of like, just at the end of the day of hanging out by the pool, like you get your waiter or I know like at the end of the week, we had a waiter at one of the pools that was like amazing. So at the end of the week, it's like, here you go. And just kind of gave him like one lump sum, you know, that was kind of nice. I did like that a lot better as far as the drinks go. So this next question, it may or may not be relevant because I don't know if you're at like an 18 plus resort or whatever, but are there activities for people of all ages at these resorts? Like, are there kid clubs like on cruise ships? Yeah. Um, so one of the resorts, the one we went to in Mexico, that one was, you know, like a family resort. So it, it did have a kids club. I didn't really like, we don't have kids, so I didn't really like pay much attention to it, but mm-hmm. I like to run. So, and actually I'll, I'll kind of segue into that in just a second. Um, but I w- would run around the resort and I passed the kids club quite often. And I will say I hardly ever saw kids there. But that resort in particular, when we went in August, was like empty. I mean, there were times where you would be like the only people in the pool, which yeah. was sweet. Like That was really nice. No worry of like chair mm-hmm. hogs or anything. Yeah. Though when we went in Jamaica or went in December over New Year's Eve for Jamaica, it was a lot more crowded. And I don't know if it was because it was a holiday, if it was the resort um, and the resort that we went to in Jamaica wasn't an adults only. So yeah, there wasn't a kids club there. But that actually is something I should have said in the um the, you know, as far as what, what cruise lines do better, the gym, like, I don't know about you, but like, I love, like, I'm, I'm a nerd and I, I go to the gym every day, mm-hmm. <laughs> like when I'm on a cruise or I run or something, the gyms on a cruise ship are seriously just top notch They're You know, you're running on a treadmill that's facing the ocean. There's plenty of equipment for everybody. The gyms that were in these resorts were small and they were just, you know, where you'd go and you're like, all right, well, I might as well just go run outside. Well, when you go run outside, it's like you're just doing the same loop. It wasn't very big. Or you're just like running past people trying to just like leisurely walk around. <laughs> so it was, I don't know. I really like, that's something I think the cruise lines do much better. Or the gyms and like the running paths for, for yeah. runners. So how does dining work? Because I know all inclusives uh, include food, but it confuses me whether there are any extra for fee restaurants or are they all included? Because like, you know, a cruise, right? You can go on a cruise and maybe this, this, and this is included, but you have to pay extra for a specialty top-notch steakhouse or whatever. Is it like that at a um, all-inclusive resort? You know, I didn't see any restaurants that were for fee. So yeah, that that part was different. Was that like every restaurant that was there, you just got to eat there, you know? I'm trying to think if there was any even like I don't even think I noticed anything on the menus where you could like upgrade, you know what I mean, for more, you know, like a lobster tail or something like that. I didn't really see that. So it truly is all inclusive. I will say though that the resort we went to in Mexico I think this was a sign of of the times because the resort really was empty. You know, I think it had just opened like the month before, like in July, but there was only two restaurants opened <laughs> the whole time, the whole week we were there. So it was like we just cycled through those two and then we ordered a lot of room service. 
And normally more restaurants were open. So I'm not sure if that one did maybe have like a, you know, one that you could pay for. And maybe we just didn't know about it because it wasn't open to begin with. But at least at the one we went to in Jamaica, like they had a great amount of restaurants open and everything was just like walk right up. A couple of them you'd have to have like reservations, but for the most part, you didn't, you just could kind of walk up and then it was kind of like land, right? If they, if they were busy or something, they'd give you one of those little like beepers, Mm -hmm. you know, to wait for a table. What was the buffet situation like down there? So they served you. They did a much better job at the one I went to in Mexico as far as serving. The one in Jamaica was a little bit frustrating because you'd walk in. And so like the first day we were there, like nobody was at the stations. Um, there was people at the hot stations, but the the little stations that kind of like in the middle of the buffet that were cold things, you know, nobody was there. So we were like, okay, well, let's hand sanitize and start serving ourselves. I guess this is how it works. There was like no signs. And then like somebody came from like behind and was like, oh, no, 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 we'll do this. We'll do it. And I was just like, okay. And that was like that the whole week where like there weren't enough people manning those areas. And Mm -hmm. then a lot of times it would get busy and I was like getting anxiety, like, oh my God, there's all these people. And then, you know, we're supposed to keep our distance. And then at the same time, I felt weird to like go and get somebody every time I wanted something because they weren't just like right there. So I thought they could have done a much better job at that if they wanted to serve people, which was their intent. And there were so many times I saw people go up because nobody was there and just serve themselves. And I was like, well, that kind of defeats the purpose. But yeah. Well, <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. Tourism, I mean, tourism jobs have been pretty much decimated through this whole thing. Could you feel like they might not have been operating at 100% as far as staff goes? I felt like at the bars and the restaurants, like the sit-down restaurants, I felt like the service was great. It seemed like they were fully staffed, but yeah, maybe that buffet area, maybe that's where maybe they weren't, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't even think about that, about them maybe not even being as, as fully staffed as normal. Did you do any excursions? And if so, how does it work with an all-inclusive? This is one thing I will say, I think cruise lines even do better with as well. I will use this time for a second to comment on how cruises are just, I think, at least in my experiences, are much better bang for your buck. And it leaves more expendable money to use on shore excursions because my my mindset for these inclusives were like, well, I paid so much money for it. Now I don't want to like go and spend money on like these shore excursions. You know, I'm going to just enjoy the resort, you know. There was a lot of stuff closed in Mexico when we were there in August. So we were just like, we're not even going to try to do anything. The least amount of exposure, you know, we can get as far as getting in taxis and transport vehicles and stuff like that. But in Jamaica, we did venture off and we did, or no, hang on, let me back up. We did do something at the resort in Mexico. They had a marina. So it wasn't like where you'd have to leave the resort. It was like part of their, you know, private resort. And so we did do like a catamaran. So I wouldn't really call that like a shore excursion, you know, because we didn't really go out into town or anything like that. Um, But that was fun. We got to do that. And we actually ended up being the only two people on the sailing. Private excursion. I mean, yeah, it was really nice. They, um, lots of drinks and lots of good personal, you know, attention and everything. And actually the guys that were um, like, when we dropped anchor to like snorkel, one of them took me and one of them took my husband and literally towed us around. Like they had us hold on to like a little, you know, one of those little, like, uh, 
I don't know what they're called, like the little circle things, you know, the buoys or whatever, or lifesavers, whatever. And they just carried us around everywhere. (laughs) It was really cool. I was like, well, we definitely wouldn't have gotten that any other time. And then in Jamaica, everything was pretty much open there, like the Duns River Fall, like all that stuff that you could do. We didn't really do anything because we've been to Jamaica on cruises a few times. So we felt like we had done all that kind of stuff already. You know, you kind of just book it through like a third party uh, vendor mm-hmm. that you could like meet with in the lobby of the resort. So it was there. I saw lots of people like talking to them, booking their excursions, but we didn't though. So at the risk of me sounding dumb, are <laughs> are masks like an international thing? Like how what was the situation like in, in Mexico and Jamaica? Oh, good question. So in Mexico, it was re- they were really diligent about it. We were on, okay, so I said we were the only two people on the catamaran. So we're on the catamaran and there is like four or five crew on the boat and then us. So we're like sitting on like the netted part. And so we're like about to to leave the marina, right? And I'm like, okay, well, we're outside. We're on a boat. Like we take our masks off and the guy comes up. He's like, you got to leave your mask on until we get out into open water. Wow. <laughs> like. Okay. He was like, um, they're being, he goes, our government's being really strict about it. We don't want to get shut down. So like, if you're on the premises of the resort, you have to wear it. We're like, okay, no problem. But totally wasn't expecting that. Cause we were like outside on a boat. The only people, I mean, other than the crew who were like far away from us and we had to wear our masks until we were out in open water. Oh, wow. Um, okay. Yeah. Both places though. I mean, it was very universal that it's like you wear it. In the airports, you wear it in the in the transports, you know, to and from the airport in the um, resort. And then any common areas, you wear it. If you're walking into a restaurant, just like, you know, a lot of places here on land are, you have to wear it until you're seated. And people really followed the rules. I think everybody kind of realizes, like, these places need this. Mm-hmm. You know, this is their livelihood. So, sure. you know, just, just follow the rules and do what you got to do, you know. Well, as I've learned from you, one of the big selling points here of an all-inclusive is the name itself, all-inclusive, that all of your costs are included. So I want to ask you, what are your thoughts on cruise lines shifting to this same exact model? You know, I like it the way it is because you really do pay for it with the all-inclusives. I like the idea that there are some cruises where I can sit back and go, hmm, do I want the drink package for this one? Or are we going to have a lot of port days and I'm not going to get the drink package, you know? Or... Even just like with the pop and things like that. I mean, you look at like Disney Cruise Line and like, yeah, pop is free. I'm using air quotes there, but it's also a lot more of an expensive rate, you know, compared Mm -hmm. to other cruise lines. So I don't know. I I like the options that cruising gives and that for a lot of people, it is all inclusive, right? Like you walk on and you can have drinks and, and, you know, drinks, I mean like non-alcoholic drinks, but in, you know, and food and snacks and everything like that and entertainment and you don't have to pay anything. And then you can kind of decide if you do want to like, you know, spend more. So yeah, I think I like it the way it is, but you know, would be more open to maybe going on one of those like, you know, more luxury lines where things are really all inclusive and just mm-hmm. kind of giving that a try to see how I would like it. But yeah, I miss cruising. Even after, you know, even being at the resorts, I probably sounded like such a snob. I'm like, <laughs> I just miss my cruises so much. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess in reality though, if you wanted to make a cruise all inclusive, you technically could because you just pay for everything before you go anyway, from your gratuities to the drink package yeah. to your excursions where the only thing you're really spending on board is if you want to give extra money to the staff or in the casino. Right. Yeah, so, for sure. Yeah. Well, 
In closing here, Haley, if you could only do one, I think I know the answer to this for all your future vacations, which one would you choose and why? Yes, I would definitely do cruising. Oh, one thing I didn't say before too, which I think really does make a difference with cruising is just the crew. The crew really does make such a difference in your vacation. That was something that was missing, I think, at these resorts. That we did come across a few great bartenders, but I missed like being able to get to know your your dining room staff. And I missed the entertainment staff, you know, like the cruise director and the cruise director staff and seeing them and and looking forward to doing the different like entertainment options because you like them, you know, mm-hmm. and at all inclusives, you really don't get that. They have a really I mean, sad as in like, you know, it's, it just doesn't compare like their little staff or whatever entertainment staff. And a lot of it really is just like the pool games and not really like, you know, the trivia or the karaoke or the, you know, whatever that, you know, we see a lot on cruises. So I think that would be my main reason is that I just really miss that. I think it's just easier on cruises to get to know people too. Like maybe just from sitting with them at dinner or, seeing the same people because then in all inclusives, a lot of times you're, you're not seeing the same people because you might only be overlapping your vacations by a couple of days, you know, and then new people come in and new people go out. Whereas a cruise, it's like, you're there with the same people for the same amount of time, you know? So I did really miss that. And so that'll be interesting to see how that is. Like, you know, once we are back on board and with social distancing and things like that, you know, how that might change our cruise experiences. Do you have any cruises locked in right now for the future? I do. I've got a Mexican Riviera that will be our fourth time trying to take it in August. (laughs) It's literally gotten canceled three times over the course of the year. I don't think that that'll happen. And if it doesn't, I really want to try to get on a ship uh, leaving out of Nassau (laughs) on the adventure of the seas. And then we also have another one that was supposed to be for this past New Year's Eve, which is why we ended up doing the um, all-inclusive in Jamaica. That is on the Oasis of the Seas over New Year's Eve. And then I think that's it. Yeah, that's it for right now. So just those two. Haley, before we hop here, you were um, telling me before we started recording that you booked travel insurance and you had to use it. Yes. Okay. Thanks for reminding me about this. Yeah. So unfortunately... Our cat passed away. We had to put him down actually the day that we were supposed to leave. So we were supposed, this is, I'm a teacher. So this is my spring break. And so we were slated to leave for Jamaica this past Saturday, March 27th. And I have been buying the cancel for any reason insurance for the last couple trips. I mean, I've been buying it like the um, insurance for cruises, but not the cancel for any reason. But the last two, you know, resorts that, that we did, I booked it and then I booked it for this one as well. Cause I'm like, you know, you never know if, if someone in your family were to get COVID, which that also happened as well during this week, my, um, a couple of my family members have COVID. So, you know, that doesn't make you want to leave the country when that's happening either. So I was like, I'm just going to book the cancel for any reason, because that's just kind of what I've been doing. And I just feel like for anybody out there who (laughs) thinks, well, we'll just, we're just going to see how it goes. Like I really strongly like get some type of insurance because like I said, the all-inclusives are not cheap. And, you know, if we didn't have the cancel for any reason, we would have been out about five grand. So <laughs> I'm really, really happy that we got it. And we opted for like the travel voucher so mm-hmm. that we, cause we know we're going to, you know, go again. So mm-hmm. I think we just have to use it within the next year. And is filing a claim and stuff pretty simple and intuitive? 
Okay. So I got to put a plug in for use a travel agent. I have an amazing travel agent Mm -hmm. and she has handled everything for me. And so I don't even know what that looked like to put in a claim. Fair enough. All right. Well, we've been talking with Haley about her two all-inclusive vacations in lieu of cruises while the industry is still shut down. Haley, I appreciate you coming on and sharing a little bit about all-inclusive resorts to us. Enjoy the rest of your spring break and have a good one. Thanks so much, Doug. All right, Dougie, let's see what we got for you, buddy. Cruise Radio is produced at the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. Get cruise news, ship reviews, and money-saving tips every Thursday on Cruise Radio. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the show. If you want to help spread the word, give Cruise Radio a five-star review. Find Cruise Radio where you listen to your favorite podcast or online at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off, my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 